settle themselves. Some of them are doing their own worship. We want to welcome Lee Serafin and his wife and team here tonight. It's awesome to have you guys. We're really expecting for God to come in a powerful way. They're a 412 relating church. And we are so jealous of you guys because you guys had apparently such an awesome conference this week. Um, we would have loved to have been there, but I'm sure you're going to pump some of that into us. And uh, we're very, very excited about what God's going to do. So once you come up, we want to pray for you. And then we're going to just commit our hearts to hearing what God has to say to us. Father, I just thank you for Lee tonight, God. And we thank you that you brought him for such a time as this, even tonight, Lord. And you're going to speak a word that is so right for our hearts tonight, God. And Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon him right now. May you fill him from head to toe, God. And may he speak as if he's speaking the very words of the Father. And Lord, may he hear you clearly as he brings your word. And we thank you for his willingness to share. Father, come in your anointing, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks, Carl. Nice meeting you. And welcome from my side. Um, I feel a little bit flustered after this. And I see a picture while I'm worshiping, and um, I just feel the Lord wants me to, to just jump in with this. Let's just jump in. Um, I see a picture of a little boy, and it's almost like the Lord was speaking to me, but the Lord is speaking to someone. And the Lord reminded me how when I was a little boy, growing up in, in the streets of Goodwood, in the northern suburbs, and I was walking many, many afternoons, I was on my own, walking on the pavements, and I saw this picture as I was walking, and I just felt the Spirit of the Lord, well, I believe the Father saying, I've been watching you all the time. I was there. I was with you being there. And there's somebody, there are, there are actually more than one. There are many people that need to just hear and understand that in the midst of it all, wherever we have found ourselves, God the Father was there. Either in the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, through someone, but even if there wasn't anybody, God was there. I saw it. I, I experienced it. I could just sense the whole time how He was showing me this picture and saying, Lee, I was there. I was with you. And I know he was there. As I drove here, I was so convicted on how many times I was aware of God being with me, even though I wasn't his child at that moment in time. Whether he was there in the spirit, whether he was there in the, in the presence of angels, I don't know, but God was there. So there's somebody looking at this and, uh, through the feed, the Zoom. Um, God wants you to know that God was there. And he's still there. And uh, that, it just actually just threw me. I just wept and wept and wept because I know that. I knew it. But when he comes and he says it again, he's, with, he's, he's upon it. And it influences you. It affects, it affects you. It infects you at the end of the day. So um, when we were speaking in the week, myself and Cole, we met for the first time in this week via telephone. And he said to me, listen, what's on your heart? And I said, you know what, actually I was grappling this week. I was in the Lead Elders Conference, um, knowing that it's going to be a busy week. And, um, but I, just, I, was, I was grappling with the Lord. What do I need to say on Father's Day? Because you don't want to come in and take away this wonderful opportunity just to honor and acknowledge the dads and the fathers in the house and those who are zooming in. But if the Lord says, listen, I want you to talk about me, God your Father, um, you know, what can you do? but obey. And uh, that's what Jesus did. 
when he said, Father, if it's possible, let the cup pass by. But not my will be done, your will be done. And he obeyed his father. He just yielded, leaned into the will of his father. And um, I'm just going to wing it on my notes. So the guys at the back know, um, I'm just going to go as the Lord leads. But I do know something is going to drop. And um, every now and then I'm going to have to just wipe my nose because I'm, it, it's happened. Um, I've, I can know how so there's no nach. Sorry, Ella. At least I'm preparing now with my own. When I'm, when I'm preaching and I'm starting to cry, I usually hear after 10 minutes I'm, I'm showing signals. Please, can somebody bring me a tissue? Because everything is running. Anyway, I've had the privilege of having about six fathers in my life. And um, every time when I say this, I know there's a response, and I'll explain it just from my side. And I don't know the main reasons for it, but I think one of the main reasons is that um, the, the Lord, Father, doesn't make mistakes, and He will surround you with, with whatever is needed in order to get you where you need to go. And if that means six different fathers, that is what He will do. And I was, I was well, I was born through a biological father, that um, wrote me off at the age of three years old, me and my sis, she was five. And then I was um, taken in by my stepfather, Leon, who raised me in the ways of God for about 32 years of, of my life until he, uh, well, when he died, my, him and my mom, uh, on the same day, and I lost my parents in 2005. And then I had godparents or a, a godfather um, who, was, who was my mom's sister. They took us in. So the first 18 years of my life, they were part of the fathering. And at the age of 18, I, I didn't see him anymore. He just, he just left our circles. So another dad left. And um, then I had, um, uh, of course, my father-in-law, the last 10 years of my life. I had the privilege of in my marriage with Anel, of having a father-in-law who is the man whom I can call Pa or Dad today, he's my father. And this is why I always say to everybody, if you have a father-in-law and he becomes your father, focus on the main stuff. As we say in the church today, uh, let the main thing be the main thing. And it's the same when it comes to dads and son-in-laws and fathers-in-laws. Let the main thing be the main thing. We grapple in our school and we're klein Instead of just focusing on the main stuff, this is your father. This is your son. Walk together. And then I had a spiritual dad, or a spiritual father, in the sense of a mentor. It's more like a mentor for me. And who mentored me for, for 15 years um, in ministry. And as I grew up in ministry, um, until about 10 years ago, when our path separated, and I planted and moved into my own field under the instruction of God. And I left his field, serving him faithfully. Uh, still loving him, he's still somebody that I honor tremendously, but uh, we, we took different routes, and I'm now with 412, and just yielding into this new partnership in the last two and a half years. So just to give you an idea from where I come from, and what I'm going to share with you today concerning our Heavenly Father, and some of our, the people that are here with me today, my team, and uh, our community, I actually preached on this last week. I think this is no, another reason why I didn't want to preach on it. Uh, I don't like preaching something twice in a row, but I just felt the Lord said, you, you need to share this. There are people that need to hear this, and there are people that have step, stepdads, godfathers, biological fathers, people who have spiritual mentors or fathers in inverted commas, 
Um, but it, it, it either had a great experience and others had a, a poor experience. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that faithful. But there's something that I feel the Lord wants us to, to know. And that is that, and I want to read it to you as I've written it down. For It's for me a Rehemiah as I have it here. I heard the Lord say that we, our loved ones, I just got to think about your loved ones, your family, your spouse, friends, colleagues, and all mankind has and will always continue to have a Heavenly Father who cares for us. Now, please, before you tackle me consciously, theologically, just hear me out. Whether we are reborn of spirit and reunited with God or not, we do have a Heavenly Father. And I'm going to explain it to you. Because this is big. This is the, it, I'll take you on a route. And I just felt that the Lord ministered to me and said, listen, I want you to tell the church and I want you to tell everybody who's hearing it and who's going to hear it, that everybody has a Heavenly Father. Everybody. All mankind. If you walk out of that door and you see somebody passing in the road, they've got a Heavenly Father who loves them. If you go home and you go into your family and your spouse or your loved ones are not uh, reunited with God yet, they have a Heavenly Father who loves them. And it's vital to understand and know this, that all mankind, all creation, when it's for God so love the world, and if you go into that Greek word, if you go into the, the real meaning of it, it's creation. They have a Heavenly Father who really cares for them. Bye-bye, Nanki. Thanks. And I think it's important to just bring the balance concerning this. Um, all mankind has a Heavenly Father who will do everything within His righteous ability to reunite all mankind with Him and to help all mankind to live and experience Him as Heavenly Father. But the reality is, not all mankind has embraced Him as the Heavenly Father. But it doesn't take away the truth that God, our Father, is the Heavenly Father of all mankind. And that inspires me. It gives me another angle when it comes to my, my way of living towards the people that I love, the people that I know, uh, the people that I care for. Excuse me. Because we can so easily separate becoming born again, being part of a church. We separate it in our mind. We don't even know it. We separate it. We look at the lost and the sinners, and we know we've found God. But there needs to come a shift, and I feel the Father wants to make it in us. That as we sit here, we've had the privilege, I believe all of us, and those who are listening, we have had the privilege to be awakened by God, our Father who's been waiting for us all those years and all these years. But He's also waiting for the others. For the others whom He had a part in creating, because He is for God so loved the world. He is God the Father. And I need to share that so that something can wake up inside of you. Concerning those around you. Those who need, we need to invite in. Not because they are just sinners. But because there is someone who is waiting to reveal himself to them. Someone who cares. Someone who has never left them. Someone who will never leave them. Someone who is always there. But until they don't become reborn of spirit, until they do not follow Christ, they'll never see and experience Him for who He really is. God, their Heavenly Father. And 
It's important to focus on Jesus Christ, who became the way, the truth, and the life. It's important to focus on the Spirit that works today within us and reveals to us everything we need to know. But we've got to understand where it comes from and from whom it comes. It comes from the one and only true God the Father. And I just want to explain something quickly. I don't know if we've got this on the PowerPoint. Otherwise, I'm just going to run from my notes. Um, it's important to know that God the Father has a very specific identity or a persona in the Trinity, in the Holy Trinity. So he's got identity and he's got a function or authority. And uh, as I drove here, I heard the Lord say to me, do you really believe what you're going to speak on today? Do you really believe it, Lee? And I said, yes, Lord. I do. As I went through it, I said, yes, Lord. I believe it. Yes, Lord. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've experienced that identity in the Holy Trinity, God, the Holy Trinity. I've experienced that function coming towards me, that authority. And I just want to open it up to you because it's important to know, just like we know who Christ, the living word, is and how we ask of him to reveal himself to us, how we ask the Spirit to show himself to us, to work in us, to work through us. It's important to also ask God, the Father, to tell us who he really is. Because if we know I had a conversation, a cup of coffee, with one of my friends, my buddies, much almost about a week ago. Now, as I was sitting, the, he, was, he was reasoning concerning God. How can God? How can God? If God is so loving, how can God? And I sat there and I realized he needs an encounter with God, the Father. Because if he has an encounter and he meets up with God the Father, even though he's his child, he needs a fresh revelation and experience with God the Father. Because if he has one, he will not ask that question. Because he will know who he is and why he sometimes permits things and why sometimes his, these things happen and we don't understand it. If you really connect and experience him and you get to know him and you stay close to him, a lot of your questions will be answered. And I said to him, you know what? I heard Andrew using the word in the week, uh, the name Pete. So I'm also going to say, so I said, know what, Pete? If you experience God, you will not ask these questions. And he actually came to the church on Sunday and he spoke to me afterwards and he said, now I know why you were so front-footed on what you needed to say to me. It's because you were focusing on God the Father the whole week. So I said, yes, the Lord actually knows how to prep us. He knew we were going to have coffee. He knew you were wrestling with this. And he wanted to answer you. God the Father wanted to reveal unto you the kingdom. He wanted to show to you what's going on and what he wants to do. That's God the Father. Okay, so briefly, if it's not there, um, let me read to you this. Just a very, um, a few thoughts concerning what is the identity of God the Father. Because I know there's questions concerning that. But it's also important to know that when you call upon him, you're calling on the completeness of that identity. When my daughter calls me dad, she calls upon the fullness of the identity of persona that I have. And she also calls upon the fullness of my function and the authority that I have. Papa, immediately, all those things qualify for who she's calling upon. Okay? And this specific identity, he's God, the heavenly father. Now listen to this. Who is the sovereign heavenly creator. You can read about it in Genesis 1, 1 Corinthians 8. He is God the Father who is the sovereign initiator, the one who activates all that is good, from love to mercy. That's God the Father. 
He's God, the Heavenly Father, who is sovereign, heavenly, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, like in Revelations 1.8. And he's another identity is he's God, the Father, sovereign, heavenly, ancient of days. Whenever they talk about in the Bible of the ancient of days, that's the identity and the persona of God, the Father. That's the one. That's who they are speaking of. That's who he is. And you, your Father, who is in heaven, is the ancient of days. Your Father, who is in heaven, mine, is the Alpha and the Omega. is the beginning and the end. He's the initiator of all that is good, grace, mercy, love, discipline, all those things comes from Him. He's the one. He's the one. The Alpha and Omega. He's the one that loved us so much that He sent the living Word, the Son. He's the one that loved us so much that He sent the Son and led the Son to send the Spirit to help us in order to follow Him today. He's the one. Glory be to God the Father. Glory be. Even Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see. I do nothing Unless I hear my Father show me and tell me. He was absolutely yielded to God the Father. Under His authority, under the function of the Father, yet functioning fully as the living Word who became flesh. So that's His identity. So if you ever wondered, who is this Father I'm calling upon? You're calling upon the one who created you. You're calling upon the one who's always been and will forever be. You call, he is your Father. And I remember as I grew up, having all these wonderful fathers, some successful, some unsuccessful, there was always a father that was watching me, watching over me. Even before they knew, my, my earthly dads knew my name, my heavenly father knew who I would be, what would be my name, where I would go, what I would be able to do, and where I would fail him. He knew me at my gekend. He knows me. He knows you. It's heavenly father. Okay, that's his, that's his persona. In the Holy Trinity. But he's also got authority. He's also got a function. And when I call upon him, Father, Father, I call upon that function also. It immediately activates. It's this. Now listen to this. He is God, the Heavenly Father. Not who now, but the sovereign heavenly provider. In Matthew 6, 6. Matthew 7. The sovereign heavenly protector. The sovereign heavenly advisor. Encourager in Jeremiah 29. Teacher. He's the leader or the head. He gives permission. He's the discipliner and the supporter. Those are all his functions, his authorities. That comes from God the Father. And when we call upon him, and when he moves, and he moves in that persona of Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, and he works out something. It will come through provision. It will come through discipline. It will come through support. It will come through encouragement. Because that's his authority. And he choose, chooses and he chose to do it through his son. The living word that comes to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it sounds almost like it's in different compartments, but it's not. There are one, yet there are three. But that's who he is, and that's his function, and that's his authority. And it's, it's important to know that, to, some, to go take time to meditate upon it, because it takes a little bit of time. It's like a song. It takes a little bit of time to learn the words, but later you don't need to look at the screen anymore. It's just inside of you. 
And it's the same with his identity and with his function. Just focus on it enough and long enough. And when you start praying, it will just be there. And um, just to flow out of this, there's so much and so many reasons why we need to know it. I, I think if I, I could actually do the following. I could actually just ask the follow, a question. Tell me why do you think it's important to know that you have any Heavenly Father. Then each and every one will tell me at least one key. Of course, the Spirit will either work it within you or remind you. But there's, there's a lot of reasons why we as God's children and why all mankind needs to know that they have a Heavenly Father. Now, it's good to go and say the gospel of the good news of the kingdom. God created a way for you to come in. God gave His Son. He paid the price so that you can live now and forever. But it's also important to tell the people and the people in the church, the children of God, don't forget. Or did you know that you're not a child of God yet, but did you know that you have a heavenly Father who cares for you? I sat with another friend just down the road. It's actually one of my neighbors. And I know, I know for a fact he's, he's not a confessed believer. And we were just sitting and chatting and, and I was talking to him about the conference that I was on, and he mentioned the name, mentioned Lucas's name, and I said, yeah, and I thought, okay, rock point, connection point, and we started chatting about it, and as I sat there, I just realized this guy sitting on the other side of the counter has the same heavenly father that what I have. The only difference is, is somewhere the door opened for me, and I'm busy experiencing him. I got a revelation from him. He revealed himself to me, and I'm experiencing him, but he hasn't yet. And one of the great commission objectives is to just is to get them saved, but also to introduce them to the one who gave them life. And it pulls me, it draws me. And may that come upon you. So when you hear you have a heavenly father, that it's not just for you. It's one of those grace capacities that God will put within you, those moving reasons those good enough reasons, those weighted reasons to go into the world, to go to your friends, to go to your family when the time is right and the Spirit leads you to tell them, I want to tell you something that will blow your mind. And may the Spirit reveal it to you, but you have someone who's been watching you your whole life. And He knows you better than anybody else. There's nobody that knows me like God the Father. Nobody. None of my dads, my fathers, none of the men that God has put around me knows me. Not even my mother knows me and knew me like God the Father. Okay. Um, I'm going to start landing. Um, I want to keep it short for the guys at home. But I do want to give you just two. I'm going I'm to jump. I'm going to see what one pulls me the most. What does God want us to know that we have a Heavenly Father? Number one, just listen to this. Knowing that we have a Heavenly Father and knowing and experiencing His identity. Remember, His persona is Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And experiencing His function, His authority, His provider, His protector, His, all those things. It's vital to the restoration of the broken image we might have of our earthly fathers or of our own personal image as a father. It's vital. Um, we're living in an age... About 10, 15 years ago, there was a big emphasis that rose about the fatherless generation. Listen, we're far beyond that already. Um, I, did, I did a study 
on, on uh, the glory of God bestowed upon men, which was part of my studies. And what I, when I came to the statistics, it blew my mind as I sat there in my garage writing. And the statistics of 2016 was this, that 66% of the babies being born now, 66% will be mothered by single mothers in South Africa. 66%. 2016, that was the statistics. And if I think, well, I'm 50 now. Where I grew up, grew up and what happened with me then. Thank God for men who listened. Thank God for a Leon Freiling who came in. And was a channel of the righteousness and the order and the justice and the discipline of God. Yes, he was strict. But he was so right for me. And we're going into an age where it's going to be even worse. And there are distorted images of fathering and fatherhood. This this, I will say, this mal wat aangaan. The enemy has creeped in and he gave us subtle sucker punches. And he's continued to do it. But God is not asleep. God, our Father, is busy. And this is why I think someone mentioned here, listen, if, yeah, you'll to mention it. If you are not a father, but you can become a voice and a channel towards someone, Stick your hand up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. We don't need to prove anything. We just need to follow his example. Um, I remember, I want to just share this example. I was, I'm still walking around with someone in our church. And last two years, and I need to share this example because sometimes we sit in leadership and, and we sit with leadership and we battle. We have challenges to leadership. And sometimes, many times, the root of that comes from our dads. We weren't fathered correctly. And, and I remember I was sitting with this lady, and I explained to her one evening, you know what? Let's just think about your dad for a moment. Was he fathered correctly? And we could bring in some mercy, even though he was wrong, some mercy for what he, he was just doing, what he felt needed to be done, which wasn't right. But I walked a road with this lady, and... It came to a point, and she doesn't know it, and she didn't know it, where I spoke to Anel one night, and I said to Anel, I cannot anymore. I cannot lead her. I'm finished. I'm going to break. I'm going to knock. Because you're carrying, and you're leading, and you're carrying, and you're leading, and you're believing, and you're carrying, and you're believing, and you don't see the shift, and you know the shift needs to come. The shift needs to come, and I came to a point where I knew because leaders break. I want to say that to you as followers, leaders break. Shepherds, spiritual lead elders, elders, they break. They're only human. And I remember I wanted to back out and back off. So it's clock. It's finished. It's nine off. And um, the Lord spoke to me through my wife and through someone else. And I opened up one more time. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not somebody that quits. I can aangaan. I can really tenacious. And um, I remember one night we invited her to come just dinner with us. And as we were sitting there, something happened two weeks before that, which actually brought me to that point. I felt all my leadership was undermined. 
And I, I've had it, and I, and I, and I said to, the, to her, you know what, I just got to ask you this question, why are you undermining me? And she said, no, I'm not undermining you. And I said, but you are undermining me. Yeah, I will read it to you. And she said, no, she's not. And I could, she's battling. And in that moment, the Lord actually spoke to her while she was sitting there. And the Lord said to her, go kneel at his feet. And I must say, that was quite uncomfortable for me. Because I, 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 for me, equality, we're all equal, yet we differ in function. And when she obeyed the Lord and came to sit at my feet, she saw a vision of her dad speaking down to her, pointing, being harsh. And as she saw that, she burst out in tears and she said, listen, I'm seeing this. And as I knelt here, I saw this. And the Lord, the Father, started showing to her where and what happened in her life which led to her impact on me and my impact on her. And in that night, something significant happened. It wasn't forced. It wasn't manipulated, controlled. It wasn't enforced or expected. It was God the Father coming and beginning to do a subtle work of healing and restoration. Because she, and like me, we are two of millions. So there's much more reasons but I do want to say, that I want to read to you 1 John 4 verse 10. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atonement for our sins. Verse 19. And this is important. We love men. We love because He first loved us. We father because we are being fathered. And it's vital to understand that God wants to do a restoration process in us as men and as women and as His children and also for the world. He wants to sort out the cracks. But for that, we need to know, number one, we have a Heavenly Father. He's ours to be experienced, to be followed, to be loved by. And as we see Him, we will begin to see ourselves as we Father. And as we see Him, we'll begin to understand why our fathers weren't the fathers that were the, who they were supposed to be. Okay? And um, I want to end off with, with, with just three keys. One, in order to experience and see, we need to become born again. Two, the Bible teaches us, and I can witness from experience, and I know many of you here can. If you want to see Him, you need to follow His Son. Because the secret to the Father is through the Son. Not only through rebirth, but through laying down your life and following Him. Jesus said, if you saw me, you've seen my Father. That word seen in Greek, in the original, is if you've experienced me, you've experienced my Father. And the secret to getting to see and know Him is getting to follow His Son. The living Word speaking into your heart daily, obeying Him, becoming one with Him, and you'll begin to see the Creator, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who provides, protects, discipline, leads. He's the one. And then lastly, if you are His child through rebirth, and if you are following, but you need a fresh experience with God, it's as simple as this. You need to ask Him and wait. 
ask him. My daughter came to me. We were eating one evening. And she said to me, Jesus. And she said in Afrikaans. She didn't say Jesus like that. She said, Jesus, Papa, you praat so baie van Jesus. Ek het nog nie vir Jesus gesien nie. Hoe weet ek Jesus bestaan? How do I know Jesus exists? I hear about him in the Bible. I hear you talk about him. I hear we worshiping. You're praying. I want him to show me who he is. I need to experience him. And I sat there. I get up my course on his luck. And I stood there and I said to her now, what do I do? And I clearly felt the Lord say, tell her to ask me to reveal myself to her. I said, never. Papa Fool, that feels, you've got to ask God, Jesus, you've got to ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. Now that's risky. Because kids get disappointed very quickly. Okay? We're going to go somewhere. If we don't go in the next 10 minutes, disappointment. Okay? And we prayed that night that Jesus would reveal himself. I think it's one or two weeks ago. I don't want to lie. Um, she came there one morning, woke up, she said to me, Dad, Mom, I had a dream. I was walking with my friends and the next moment, Jesus stood next to me. I said to her, how do you know it's Jesus? She said to me, I just knew it was Jesus. And he took my hand and he walked with me and he looked at me and he walked with me and he looked at me and then he left. God's waiting for us. He's there. If God can send his son to reveal himself to us, the father will choose whatever way is needed, how he knows will work best for us individually, and he will reveal himself to us. But be reborn, submit to the lordship of his son after salvation, and then ask him if the desire arises to reveal himself to you as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was, is, and forever will be. Because we, have a heavenly father. Okay? Vital. The church has a heavenly father. Just like the church has a bridegroom. All right. Let's go. Do you want to lead that prayer? I want to pray uh, um, permission from God. I just want to pray this prayer. I don't know if there's somebody here that's, that has not given their heart to God yet. If there is, and you feel the prompting, you're welcome to stand. Secondly, if there's somebody here that says, listen, I'm not lukewarm, I'm backslidden. It's two different things. God is here in the walk, I'm here. I've fallen back in certain things. I once used to spend so this kind of time, I'm now here. I once obeyed Him in this way, I'm now obeying Him here. You're backslidden. I want to pray with you. You're also welcome to stand. And even in the small groups, wherever you are, the comm groups. And then thirdly, if there's someone that's here or on the comm groups that says, I really want to see him again. I really want to experience him. I believe it's possible. I want you to stand. I want you just to raise your hands as an act of faith. That this is what you want to do. And then I want to pray with you. So Father... If you have the desire, stand with me, please. Father, there's someone in the comm groups here and those who are praying with them now, not giving their hearts to you. I pray now that a godly rebirth, a genuine rebirth of spirit will take place in your name. Something that's not from us, 
It's from God. It's from you. It's a gift of life. It's something that only you can do. If there's somebody that's standing and someone praying with them now, Lord, that says, listen, I've backslidden. I'm no longer running next to my Father, next to the Lord of life in the power of the Spirit. We pray now, Lord, for restoration, a quickening, a coming back in your name. Like only you can do it. It's not these words that shifted, Lord. It's your grace that come upon someone because of the mercy that's flowing in their direction. It's you and you alone, Lord. We know it. Yet we forget it sometimes. And then, Lord, I want to pray. If it's possible, in whichever way, Father, you decide and permit it, please reveal yourself to those who say, Lord, God, my Father, I need to see and experience you again for who you really are. Come, please, show yourself to me like you showed yourself through your son to Neva Seraphim when she asked you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, God. Thanks, Lee. That was awesome. I felt as Lee was talking, um, just two things that I felt maybe it's for some of you here or in the comm groups. And the one thing was authority. And Lee brought it up in his preach. And I felt God gave me a picture that some of you that are sitting, you're in a crowd of people and you, you feel that you're part of what God is doing. Um, but there's a very low fence that is separating you from being part of what could probably call an inner circle and I felt God saying that that those who are on this side of the fence are living under my authority and they submitted to my authority and they submitted my to my structure of leadership and I feel the Lord saying that there are those of you that are perhaps standing just on the other side of the fence and you feel like you're part of the crowd but there's a wound and there's a hurt there's there's something in your life through a bad experience or there's been authority over your life that has been destructive and it's hurt you deeply. And you're, you're standing on that side of the fence. And God says you'll never find freedom until you come under my authority. And I felt God saying that you need to, in your heart, you need to step over that fence. Because you think that as long as you stay on that side of the fence, you can run and you can go where you want to. And you feel that if you step on this side of the fence, it's going to be restrictive. And it's got to hold you back and hold you down. And God says no. In my authority, there's complete freedom. And so I want to give an opportunity. If you guys are in the, the community group tonight and, and that's you, um, maybe just and even here tonight, that if, if you feel that that's something that you're struggling with, I want you to come forward and we'll end the meeting, but we want to pray for you. We want to, we want to pray for those strongholds to be broken. You know, sometimes we, we can go for counseling and we can go on and on and we go like round the mountain all the time, over and over again. Because it's not the counseling that's not helping. There's a stronghold in your life and needs to be broken. And then you walk into freedom. And the other thing was this is trust. God says, you don't trust me. And I feel God saying that there, there's things that have happened in your life where you, you, you just don't trust God. You trust him for other people. But when it comes to you and the things in your own life, you say, God, I just, I just can't trust you for that. And I feel God wants to break that as well. God says, you can trust me. I'll never let you down. So if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity. We'll come forward. We'll lay hands on you. We'll trust God to just 
Come break something open in your life that you can walk into freedom. Jesus died for the freedom that you deserve. So Lee, that was spot on, man. Thanks so much. That was, that was really, really speaking to what the Spirit was saying. So why do we stand? Um, just the song that I've been listening to so much over the last couple of weeks by uh, Cody Carnes. You might have uh, heard of him. It says, Run to the Father. But there's a particular ver- a part in the, in, in the song that he says, and this is so beautiful. He says, You saw my condition, had a plan from the start. Your son for redemption, the price for my heart. I, and I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand. I can't comprehend. All I know is that I need you. May that be the prayer of our hearts. We don't fully understand what a father looks like, but we've got a perfect father. God, help me, me here, Carl, to understand who you are every day. So, Father, we just thank you for this time tonight, Lord God. We thank you for your word. Father, through the Holy Spirit, just massage that deep down into the depths of our hearts that we as we spend time with you in our quiet times tomorrow morning in the presence of God that you would bring a fresh revelation of who you are God we can listen to the words of a man but it's your words of the spirit that speak into our hearts and it's the Holy Spirit and your words God that change our lives forever God we don't want to be the same Father so God I just pray that you would come and you would change us and make us more like Jesus I pray for your protection over us this week. Pray as we uh, get ready to meet at homes on Wednesday, Lord, that we would just come fired up, ready to serve you, ready to bless one another and tell stories of what you've done in our lives from tonight. God, we don't want stories from 10 years ago. Lord, we want stories from today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Lord, we want fresh revelation of who you are. Go with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you guys, if any of you need prayer, we want to pray for you. So we give you that opportunity to come up. Thanks, guys. Good night. Have a good good week. Love you guys.